And even if you have already come to faith, even if you already know Jesus, you can never hear it enough, all right? It's super important. And so, last week, Johnny kicked us off because a lot of you guys probably didn't realize that the gospel, it starts way back, like the beginning of time back kind of thing. And so Johnny started us off and he talked about Genesis 1 and 2 and a little bit about creation and like what Sabbath looks like and some of that rest. And so today what we're going to be talking about is Genesis 3, all right? Genesis 3, the dreaded chapter of Genesis. Uh, You probably have shows and TV shows and things like that where you have seasons or episodes where you're just not a big fan of that season or you're not a big fan of some of those episodes. Like for me, when I watch The Office, I always skip the first season because it stinks, so it's not great. Uh, but everything after that is awesome. Uh, and, but then there's also other scenarios, maybe like movies or TVs, or a movies that, series that like kind of just don't like vibe well with the rest of the series kind of thing. And, but you know that if I don't watch this, I'm going to miss important pieces of the story. Because when I think about that, like I think about Star Wars and this most recent trilogy, and I think it's time for us to accept that those are bad movies, and I love Star Wars, all right? But when you watch them, when I do rewatch, because I do that frequently because I'm a nerd, uh, you have to watch those movies because they have important story things. And so today, when we're thinking about Genesis 3, it's a chapter that nobody like looks forward to reading. It's a hard chapter. It's all about basically how humans are not good and how we messed up and how we have basically been messed up for a long time. Nobody looks forward to reading that, but when I look at it, I want to think that this is kind of like a healthy view of our, of our humanity. And I know that might seem weird, but it's kind of a healthy way to realize that we are not that great. We're not that great. And so we're going to kind of dig into some of this passage in this chapter, and uh, thanks to Johnny for giving me probably the one that's going to make you guys feel terrible at the end, but you know, it's my job to read from the Bible, so we're going to go from there. So what I want to do is I want to see what it looks like for us to have a healthy view of our humanity. And so what we're going to do is we're going to break down and run through Genesis 3. And what this starts with is that we are easily deceived. We are easily deceived. That we, we easily are like given into pleasures and we're easily like given into poor things and sinful things. And we're going to see how that starts here in Genesis. So follow along on the screens with me. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And, then, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. So we start here by seeing the story with the serpent, and the serpent here is Satan, is the devil, is whatever name that you want to call him. He's the bad guy. He's the one that's drawing them away from God. And when it comes to the the serpent, he is crafty and he's devious. So what he does essentially here is he goes, so you you know what God said. Did he actually say that? 
And she repeats back what God says, to not eat of this tree, to not eat of this one in the midst of the garden. And then that's where Satan comes back. The serpent comes back and he says, but like you probably won't actually die. Like it's not, it's probably not that bad. You'll probably be okay. Like there's good things here. There's good things. It'll give you, it'll make you wise. He even says you get to be like God. Like, wow, that is an amazing thing to be like God. Oh, you get to see things like God. You get the wisdom of God. And you could see just from the way that it's written that he was like, yeah, no, that's good. It's good for food. This is something nice. I like the way this looks. And it's something that she desires. And so she goes and she takes from the tree and she eats from it. And the only reason that she does it is because she gets gain. The only reason Adam does it is because he gets gain. He can serve himself. He can make himself better. He can make himself look better. He can, they, they, they're convinced that they're going to have the mind of God, that God's hiding things from us, and we can see what he knows if we take this. We could be like God. And that's really real. That's very real for us. We, we desire to know some of these things. We desire to be a part. We want these things that the world tells us is so great. But God is telling us that we shouldn't partake in some things. Yet the world is telling us that we can. And we're easily deceived. And not only are we easily deceived. Oops. There we go. We cannot hide our sin. We cannot hide our sin. When we talk about this, when we see this temptation, we keep looking at the passage. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So when, when I read this passage, I immediately think back to like when we're kids, Right? When we're kids, like we, if we do something wrong, if we disobey our parents, if we disobey a teacher, we probably, some of us probably still do this now, like we want to hide away. But when we're little kids, like we'll, we do something like you eat the cookie that you're not supposed to eat or, you know, you, uh, you, you maybe take the, you break something that you know that you weren't supposed, like that you weren't supposed to be touching in the first place. And you'll go and kids will go and they'll like hide under a blanket or like they'll hide behind a lamp or something. Literally the worst places to hide because it's super easy to find people. And in this moment, Adam and Eve have said, they know that they did something wrong. They know that they have disobeyed God. They know that they have broken what God has given them. And so they try to go hide when God comes running. When he comes in, they're like, oh no, dad's coming. They're scared. God threatened them and told them that they will die if this, is what, if this comes upon them. And so ultimately, that when God comes, he says, what have you done? And I like how God does this. He treats it almost like a, how we would as a parent moment, you know? Like, so have you, why are you, who told you you're naked? Have you not eaten of the tree? Or have you eaten of the tree? We know full well that God knows they ate from the tree. 
But he's showing them, like, so you went against what I commanded. It's no secret to God. He knows what's happening. He sees it. And when you sin, there are probably sins that you have. There are things that you do to disobey God that you want to do in secret, that you hide away from God, that you hide away from other people around you. I want to tell you right now that there is no sin that's secret from God, that all of your sin is public before God. He knows it. He sees your nakedness. He knows what, it lo- what, what you are, who you are, where your heart is at. We can't hide our sin from God. We'll keep going in the story. Because there is punishment for sin. There is punishment for sin. We're going to keep going in the story here. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, and I want you to see this, this is all God speaking both to the serpent, to the woman, and to the man, all right? The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity, is that, did I say that right? I always say that word wrong. I'm trying to add levity to this moment because this passage is kind of heavy, so. Uh, enmity. I think, I, did it, I think that's right. Um, you've uh, did, 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 uh, um, I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life, thorns and thistles, and it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. That's heavy. Say, our sin is not free. We just can't go sin willy-nilly and do whatever we want. That's not, that's not how this world works. See, there's different, there's different punishments that are broken down. The serpent is now cursed to crawl on his belly, which maybe, maybe snakes had feet at one point. That's weird. So, but maybe they had feet at one point, but now he's cursed to do it. He even talks about the fact that there's now going to be strife between the woman and the serpent. The, and ultimately, the woman is going to give a child, and that, that child is going to crush the head of the serpent, but the serpent is going to bruise his heel. I'm not going to go too deep into that, because whoever's next, whether it's Johnny or Isaac, they're going to be talking about some of that stuff in the next couple of weeks, but that's big and that's significant. But then we also see the curse for the woman, like childbearing, having a kid is not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard. And ultimately, like, you're going to see that when, when you're with your husband, that he is going to rule over you, which it's interesting. That word that's used there is one that's often used of people that are like a dictator type pe- person or a leader that's really, really bad. And so he's, they're, they're saying that she is now going to have to suffer and struggle through this. And then lastly, that the man... The male, Adam, that while he's working and the things that he's going to be doing and uh, the provision for the family, the things that he's going to provide for himself, that it's going to be hard. 
that the things before him are going to be difficult, that there's going to be thorns and thistles. It's not going to be easy to work. You're going to work and you're going to sweat and it's going to be hard and you're going to eat it and you're going to go to work and you're going to have to keep going and then you'll return to dust. That dust is what they came from and dust they shall return. That they will die. Our sin is not something to take lightly. Our sin is not something that we should just sit by and like say, all right, well, I, I'm, I think I'm good. God's got me covered. No. We have to see that there is punishment for sin. That sin bears a weight. All right? There's one more point with this passage that I want us to see. Is that because of our sin nature, we have lost the ability to be with God. That we've lost the ability to be with God. We're going to wrap up the passage here. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the, God, the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man at the east of the Garden of Eden. He placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. This is the, this is the heavy hitter. I mean, if the other stuff hasn't been heavy enough, this is the heavy hitter. That because of the sin nature that they, ha- that they have as humans, because they're just sinful and they're going to choose sin and they're going to choose themselves, they're no longer allowed to be with God. They can't dwell in the place God made them. They can't be with God for eternity because of that sin. Like, that's hard. I mean, imagine the scenario that you would be in. You're in this perfect place. You're, in this, uh, you're with the perfect person. You get to walk with God. You get to see what it's like to name the animals and things like that. And then all of a sudden, an opportunity presents itself where you can make your own life better, and then you take it feels too real. It feels too real. And I think a lot of times it's easy to say, well, the serpent deceived her. Like, it's the serpent's fault. The serpent didn't force anybody's hand to pluck that fruit from the tree. Adam and Eve, they chose that. They took that. They sinned. And because we're easily deceived, because all these things are true of us, that we will choose those same things, that we want to choose to pleasure ourselves. We want to think that, oh, I can make myself better by choosing this, even though God says I don't have to, even though God says I shouldn't, even though God says this is bad for me, I should do this because everybody else is telling me it's good for me. So it's a hard passage. It's a hard one to read through. It's a hard one to sit through. So what does it look like for us to take this passage and to save it, to redeem it? So how can this be a good thing? How can understanding this and growing from this be a good thing? And this is that last section that's at the bottom of your page, all right? And the first thing is that we are aware. We are aware. This passage helps us to see that we have a problem. This whole passage helps us to see that we are not in a good place. (laughs) <laughs> that, that we still sin all the time. That sin is very real. That sin is very prevalent. That we make bad decisions all the time. 
And I want us to see that and be aware of the weight of the sin. So I said, when I was in youth group, like, I had probably very similar struggles that you guys have, you know? I had probably very, very similar uh, sin struggles to some of you in this room, and I probably faced some of the same issues, some of the same hardships, because I lived in a, with a good family, in a, with a place that was what I thought was a good neighborhood. I had thought what I thought was good friends, and I loved my youth group. And I never understood the weight of my sin. Like, I was told, I'm not supposed to do these things. So they talked about it in, in, uh, in church, like, you know, like, I shouldn't be doing drugs. I shouldn't be drinking. I shouldn't, like, have sex with my girlfriend kind of thing. Like, I shouldn't be doing any of these things. But I didn't really understand the weight of what that means. What I want you to see and be aware of is that our sin is weighty, that it takes us away from God, that when we sin, that's us drawing away from God, okay? So we are aware, but because of that, we are humbled. My goal for this talk is not for you guys to feel terrible about yourselves. It's not for you to feel terrible about yourselves, but what I want us to see is that you're not that great. Like, I'm not that great. Johnny's not that great. Like, Pastor Rick isn't that great. None of your leaders are that great. We all sin all the time. We fall into temptation all the time. And that we need to take a step back and realize, like, we are not top dog. We need to realize that our sin is pulling us away from God, that we're drawing away from God when we sin, that we're saying we know something better than he does. That's not true, though, at all. And so when I say this, I want us not to be like, man, I'm terrible, like I'm going to go home and like feel terrible about myself. No, I want us to see that and take a step to say, all right, I can, I can say, all right, God is better than me. I am not, I am not better than God. God is better than me, and I can strive to be closer to him. I can strive to put this sin behind me. I can say that the sin that I'm currently struggling with, whatever it is, that I can say I'm going to put it behind me because I don't want that, and I want God. He is better. I want to strive towards him, and I want to say I am not the best that there is, but God is. And the last thing, is that we can look forward. So the awesome thing about this talk tonight is that we are literally in the middle of the series, meaning that this isn't over. The gospel, like this, the gospel story doesn't end here. There is good stuff ahead. And that when we say that we are humble, that I am not greater than God, then I am not, I am not who he is, we need help. We need someone better. And there's this awesome passage in Romans 5. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. That because of the one man, because of Adam and Eve, because of their sin, we now have death. We can look to the perfect one that is Jesus Christ who died to give us life. What an amazing opportunity that is. 
What an awesome thing that is. And I, I, I'm not going to dive into that too deep because you're going to hear more about that next week. And I want you to come back next week because those are some of the most important moments. But what I want to leave you with is that we can look forward to something better. That you are not stuck in your sin. You are not stuck in your sinfulness. That there is something better to look forward to. There is someone better to look forward to to be with for eternity. And that is a huge blessing. And I want you to come back next week to hear more details about that, to hear what that looks like. And some of you might know all the answers. You might have heard this before. Come back and still hear it because it's just as important. All right? So we're going to spend some time in discussions around your tables. I'm going to put some questions up on the screen. And then once the band comes up, we'll continue in worship. All right? Uh, In case you didn't catch it, the guy you're going to hear about next week is Jesus. So um, there is life in him that we're not stuck in the sin that we have. We're not stuck in what our sinfulness looks like, but we have freedom in Jesus. And if you want to hear more about that, your leaders can tell you more about that. Myself, Johnny, we will be talking about it next week. It is probably our favorite thing to talk about. Well, you know, on those cards, you have that bottom portion. I want you to take that bottom portion and rip it off. I want you to put this somewhere where you'll see it regularly, maybe by your bedside, or maybe put it in the back of your phone if you have a clear case or something like, or take a picture of it and just put it as the background on your phone. But I want you to remember that we are aware of the weight of our sin, that ultimately we need to be humble, and we can look forward to something better, okay? Before we pray for us, uh, if you want to hang out for a little bit longer, you could go ahead out and go grab some food from somewhere. We're going to be at the back patio just kind of hanging out. So if you want to grab Taco Bell or Wendy's or something. And then, uh, so we will see you back there. But before we go, let me pray for you guys, all right? Lord, I thank you for everybody that's here. I thank you for new faces. I thank you for returning faces. And I thank you for the opportunity that we get to hear from your word. And ultimately, Lord, I thank you for the fact that your gospel is real, that your gospel is true, and ultimately, because of your son his work on the cross, we have an opportunity at life to be with you forever. In that, your name I pray, amen. All right.